0: Hey, welcome to Home Church Podcast. It is a good day to have a good day. I'm Pastor Jerry Kuhn, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. My hope is that you will respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in and through this message today. And I believe that he will draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. I hope that you enjoy the message today. not pouring down, uh, you're not soaking wet, um, so that's a good thing, and um, just to reflect just a little bit, I have to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much um, for all that you do. Uh, last Sunday was a little overwhelming for my wife and I, uh, your generosity, your kindness, your, your thoughtfulness um, went a long ways, and it was notice, and I want you to know that. My wife and I, we um, <laughs> we left immediately after church. We hung around for a little bit and and uh, watched you guys eat and fellowship and um, just watched um, just the the kindness that you shared with each other around the tables. And that is that's home. That is how we were built. That's. From our backyard. That's what we did. We would meet at 10 o'clock and we would have service and then we would all have potluck dinners and uh, and we would just spread out a table and throw food on the table and we would just all eat in a circle in my backyard. That's how we that's how we started and to, to watch that happen uh, last Sunday. Now we wasn't in my backyard. We were right here in the sanctuary sitting around tables. Um, some of you had to go and you took your meals to go but just to watch you sit and talk and watch you fellowship and watch you enjoy life together was amazing. And um, But my wife and I, we left Quickly, we uh, headed to uh, to Texas and uh, we had a great vacation. For all those who, who have asked, we want to say thank you. We did. We got away um, and enjoyed ourselves very, very much, and uh, we're very appreciative. Now, listen, there was one thing I was telling um, some people this morning. One thing that I, I didn't get used to. Now, if you know me by any means, I am my my character is to serve. That's just who I am. I love to serve. Um, I will go to Mazio's and I will clean up my own plate and my table, and and I will take it back to where they're at and Hand it to them. That's just how my nature is. I don't like people serving on me. I I just don't like. I just don't like that hospitality. I don't know why. It just bothers me that someone would have to serve me hand and foot. I tried that one time. I when I got married, I um, I remember sitting in the in in my chair and my glass got empty and I shook it at my wife and that was two weeks of a bloody nose that I I never I've never done that again. So. So that whole experience, I was a little gun-shy. I was like, my glass is empty. Do not shake it. Do not shake it. Do not shake it. Um, no, we had a great time. And we want to say thank you. You're, again, your generosity was so kind. We also want to tell you that um, I'm looking at Pastor James because 17 kids, um, if I'm not mistaken, 17 kids was raised paid for, to go to camp on Sunday. So your money, your generosity, your kindness, the gift, the donate uh, to the cause sent 17 kids fully paid to church camp. Can you give God a hand today? That is amazing. Um... <laughs> Now listen, I'm not trying to cry on you today, but um, to think that a church that has been together for 10 months, and actually we haven't been together for 10 months, we have been together for 7 months for all of us, but to think that the church could in 7 months be able to um, generate that kind of money that quick is amazing and so again i say thank you for all that you're that you're doing and um and god's going to do some great things i am a big supporter i will always be a big supporter of church camp Uh, church camp is where i experience the love of god Uh, this church camp is where i experience the power of god and the church camp is where i experience the calling or Um, the role that I was supposed to play in life at church camp. And so I, I really think that church camp is dynamic. I think it's amazing, and I think that every child should have the opportunity to go no matter what. And that's the reason why we will do our very best to always fund it, Um, because not every kid is fortunate to be able to have the finances to go. And so we will do our very best every time to make sure that every kid can go. Today is a, a wonderful day. Last week we talked about, last week was Pentecost Sunday and I told you that I had been studying uh, to uh, bring you a, um, a message or a series on the subject of the Holy Spirit and, and for whatever reason God had directed that and, and we talked about um, Jesus' name. There's something about that name. That when we say the name of Jesus, when we just say that cliche, because most of most of you is just a cliche, Um, in Jesus' name we pray, Amen. And we don't think about when we say in Jesus' name, when we use His name, we are actually um, declaring that we are in a position as a child of God when we use in Jesus' name. It's just amazing what happens when we actually say the name of Jesus purposely within our lives. Um, And and so hopefully you thought about that this week. Hopefully that stayed with you. And hopefully you're like, you know what? I am a child of God. And I do say in Jesus' name for a purpose. And there's something, there's just something about that name. So I'm going to jump right into it. So uh, let's, I understand this morning as I look around the room today, I understand uh, that this subject, the Holy Spirit, I understand that and realize that every one of us in this room have some kind of knowledge uh, of this subject today so everyone in this room as i look around i believe that you have some knowledge and understanding as we talk about the holy spirit and uh my my job today my job in the midst of a world that is a, a cancel culture world um my job is not to cancel what you perhaps believe My job is not to cancel um, what you have learned throughout life or what you have been taught. That's not my job. Uh, My job today is to reveal to you what God has revealed to me um, in Scripture. And that's my job. My job will probably challenge you. It'll challenge your thinking. It probably will challenge what you have been taught in life. It may hopefully take you back home to open the scriptures and study even more uh, when we get through today. But that's my job. But my job is not to counsel what you have learned. So please understand that. Um, My job is to reveal to you what God has revealed to me. And I will make this statement. I have, I will make this statement until the day that they lay me in the ground. I will make this statement. I believe that our success story, our um, ability to, to survive or be victorious in the life in which we're living today will depend solely on our knowledge or understanding of the Holy Spirit. So let me say that again. Our ability to survive, our ability to live a victorious life over sin, will depend on our knowledge or understanding of the Holy Spirit. That's how important I really believe this subject is to you and I today. It doesn't matter of our background or of our raising, the Holy Spirit is very important to all of us today and so the reason um the reason being as a christian our life our our journey our walk our relationship with god however you want to uh, to name it however you want to declare it it is developed our christian walk is developed when you and i yield to the holy spirit in our life so i want you to understand that our walk our christian life is developed when we yield to the holy spirit when he begins to direct us and guide us and direct us. See, listen, the Holy Spirit does not manipulate. I want you to understand this. He doesn't manipulate your feelings. <laughs> the Holy Spirit doesn't manipulate. I understand, I've been in a lot of church services. Remember, my background is charismatic Pentecostal. I've been in a lot of services that sometimes it seems like perhaps the Holy Spirit manipulates feelings. It doesn't manipulate feelings. You see, because the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth, He doesn't try to play games. Our feelings change. Because the Holy Spirit changes you and I today, you see, perhaps our our feelings will change because the Holy Spirit changes you and I. When we do not, I want you to think about this: when we do not yield to the Spirit, there will be, never be any change in our life. Going back to the fact that um, our life is developed by when we yield our lives to the Holy Spirit. So when we don't yield, there will never be any change. True change within the life of a believer. And so that's how important that the Holy Spirit's role in our life plays, is that when we yield to him, change does take place. I want you to know this, the Holy Spirit is not a spy. Listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't come into our life and live within us so he can see all of our sins so he can tell the Father. He's not a spy. He doesn't, listen, God already knows your failures. He knows your shortcomings. Um, so the Holy Spirit doesn't come into our lives to seek our lives, to see all the areas that we are, are failing. The truth is the Holy Spirit has been sent by God to develop you and to develop good in us and through us. So I want you to understand that today. The Holy Spirit has been sent. He lives inside of you today because you've asked Jesus to come into your life. Um, he has been sent to bring forth good out of your life and in your life. Um, and so I want you to understand that today. The Father will give you in, always things that are, are good. He has been sent to develop good in us and through us. The Holy Spirit is the person. Now think about this for a moment. The Holy Spirit is the person in which God uses to bring forth life into things that have been dead. It is the person in which God uses to bring forth order into things that has no order. He is the person that God uses to bring peace into chaos. That is the Holy Spirit. That's who God uses. Even back in Genesis, I want you to take you all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2. We find that God uses the Holy Spirit, the person of the Trinity, the third person of Trinity, to bring forth life to something that was dead, brings forth peace into chaos, and he begins to bring order where there is no order at all. Look with me this morning to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. I want you to look at verse 1. Verse, verse 1 says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And verse 2 says, the earth was without form and void. I want to stop right there because I want to challenge you today. I will, just for purposes of study, for those who are Bible studiers, you love to study the Bible, you love interesting things, I would love for you to go and Google, not right now, all right, don't Google now. But go home and Google the gap theory. Alright, Google the gap theory, or perhaps the run and reconstruction theory, the same theory, different names. um, And it takes place between verses 1 and 2. It's pretty amazing. And remember, it's a theory, alright, and it may never happen, but it's a theory, it's a good theory. And uh, that's where your dinosaurs and other people come involved, but I won't, I won't spoil your study. uh, So go and study the gap theory between verses 1 and 2. You just google it. Now again, not right now. Verse 2 says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Everybody say good. Good. Absolutely. It was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. We said just a few minutes ago that God has sent his Holy Spirit into our life, not to be a spy, but that he could develop good within our lives. And so that good will flow out of our lives. And right here in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, we find that God sees that the earth is without void. There's no form. There's chaos. There's death. There's no life happening here. the bible says that the holy spirit was already working he was hovering over the deeps of the water and then god uses god speaks and then all of a sudden the holy spirit performs and there is light right there and then the bible says that god sees light and he says it's good and so god sent the holy spirit to do good even in that and as you begin to look at the creation of life there in genesis chapter one uh, we find that everything that god created but one thing the separation between heavens and earth was not the one thing that was not good. God didn't say it was good. But all the others were good. He created things that were good. was good. Remember, God sent his spirit to bring life, to bring order, and to bring good. And we see that in Genesis chapter 1, in that moment. God brought order. He brought peace. And some of us in this room, even today, in 2022, God is still bringing sin his spirit into our lives to bring life, to things that are dead. To bring order to things that are out of order, that are, are, they are chaos. He brings peace. That's what the Holy Spirit is to do. And so we find that he is to bring good into our lives. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this. Paul says this is, I am for sure of this, that he that has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. See, I have to say today that the Holy Spirit has been sent to do good within your life and our life because what he has started within you, the good thing, he will finish it. The Holy Spirit will finish it. Note that God deals with us through his Spirit. And, 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 And God, listen, God deals with you and I today. His relationship with you and I is through his Spirit. And our relationship with God is through his son Jesus. Think about that just for a moment. When God deals with you and I, he deals through his spirit. Remember God said his spirit to do good in us. But when you and I begin to relate to God and deal with God, we deal through him through his son Jesus. You and I cannot come unto the Father unless we what come unto Jesus first. He is the way, he is the truth, And so if we find that our relationship with God is is developed in such a way that his spirit deals with us and we deal with him through Jesus, he is sitting at the right hand of the throne. He is interceding for you and I today. And I'm so thankful for what God is doing. And so I'm going to tackle this, some terminology. Every one of us in this room, uh, perhaps if you're knowledgeable about the subject, there is some terminology that perhaps muddies the water a little bit when we talk about this, um, and especially because there is such a blend of denominations in this room today. And so there's some terminology that is just muddies the water. So let me get over that this morning. Um, within scripture, especially King James Version, uh, we will find that there are two terms referring to the third person um, of the Godhead and it's the Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost and so many times growing up so many times I was confused with that terminology now listen we read through King James only we would dare not to read through any other version all right I mean if it was good enough for Peter Paul and John it was good enough for me they would say uh, and I was like I didn't understand that but okay okay King James go read through King James and so when you begin to read the King James and you begin to see that there was the Holy Spirit and there was this Holy Ghost I know and I know near are perhaps maybe there, may not be there, but for as a young man, that just messed me up. And especially in the church that I went to, because here's what the terminology really referred to. When, when, in our church, when we talked about the Holy Spirit, that was actually, when you gave your life to God, the Holy Spirit lived within you. That was the terminology. That's what that we referred to as the Holy Spirit. But when you spoke in tongues, they referred that to the Holy Ghost. And so they would say, you got the Holy Ghost when you spoke in tongues. So that really confused me. I was like, okay, so you got the Holy Spirit and you got the Holy Ghost. So we don't have a Trinity. We have a quartet that's singing now. I I don't understand. I mean, I was like, okay, throughout the Trinity, we got a quartet. Everybody's going to sing bass. Someone's going to sing tenor. I don't know. Um, but it was one of the things that really that just threw me off. I did not get it. And even to a point where I remember talking to an individual that were like, you know what, um, the Holy Spirit comes into your life when you accept Jesus, but the Holy Ghost comes into you when you speak in tongues. And I was like, What? That doesn't make sense. So I had to do study, right? As a young man that wanted to go into the ministry, I was like, I gotta figure this out because terminology is really messing me up. So let me just share with you what I, I realized. You see, in the new King in the King James translation, there was various committees that was assigned to translate. Um, from Greek into, or translate the Bible. And so in these committees, some committees would use primarily the Holy Spirit, referring to the third person of the Trinity. But the other committees would use Holy Ghost. Again, referring to the same Greek name of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. But it was never corrected as they uh, compiled all of uh, the New Testament. It never was corrected within the King James Version so you have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost it is the same person they're referring to the same person of the Trinity the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God and so again it blew me away when I was a kid because I just did not understand the terminology because for whatever reason some people thought the Holy Ghost is when you spoke in tongues and they would say to me you don't have the Holy Ghost unless you speak in tongues well that's wrong that's not true the Holy Spirit comes in our life when we accept Jesus Christ When we ask God to come into our lives, the Holy Spirit begins to develop inside of you the things that need to be good. The truth is, none of us are good. None of us in this room. So the Holy Spirit comes to develop good. And so, growing up Pentecostal, as a young man at times, really messed me up. It really did, just with terminology in itself. And the truth today, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in that moment that we call upon the name of the Lord, in that moment you become part of the vine, in that moment you become a branch, and in that moment the Holy Spirit dwells within you to develop good. So please understand that. In the moment that you say, God, I recognize your son, that you loved me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross, and I am nothing but a sinner, so please forgive me. In that moment, that moment you become a branch, and you become part of the vine, in that moment, the Holy Spirit begins to dwell within you. And if you've ever read uh, John chapter 14, you understand that when Jesus lives, he said, um, um, you abide in me and I will abide in you. And the fruits of the Spirit will be much, much um, fruitful. And the reason you call upon his name is because the Holy Spirit draws you. I want you to think about this this morning, is that um, the reason you call upon his name was because of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why you called. Every one of us in this room, when you called out to the Lord Christ, the reason why you called out to them was because there was something that was drawing you to him. And there's three main reasons that I'm gonna talk to you today. Three main reasons today for the Holy Spirit within our life today. The first one is this. The first one is, is he draws us to Jesus. One of the, the main reasons for the Holy Spirit today has been poured out in Pentecost. The reason for the Holy Spirit is to draw you and I to Jesus by recognizing his love for you and I today. One of the things that I always pray, and I, I pray this quite often for people um, that I, uh, that's in my circle that are not saved, I always say, God, please reveal yourself to them. God, reveal your love to them. Let them understand and come to a knowledge of your love for them. Uh, Not your, I don't want them to think to have condemnation. I just want them to feel your love and the understanding that you are there to forgive them of their sins. And and so that has always been my prayer. But I realize that one, he draws us to Jesus. John chapter uh, 6 verse 44 says this. It says, no one can come unto me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. I want you to look at this scripture in John. John chapter 6, verse 44. Here's a powerful statement today for us to understand the working of the Holy Spirit within our lives. Because everyone in this room today at one time was an unbeliever. Everyone in this room today was a lost soul. Everyone in this room, and maybe you are still in this room in that point of being lost, but everyone in this room there was this moment there was something that was tugging at your heart. Something that was drawing you to the understanding of the love that God had for you. And in that moment, that was the working of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says none of us can come truly into a relationship with God unless the Holy Spirit draws us into that relationship. That is one of his main reasons today. The Holy Spirit is drawing you and I into a relationship with you, with Him. And He continues to draw us into a deeper relationship with Him as well. That's the reason why we go from glory to glory to glory. It's because He He consistently is drawing us into a relationship with His Father. And that is the reasoning, one of the main reasons of the Holy Spirit. Remember, God deals with man through His Spirit. We deal with God through His Son. But God deals with us through his spirit. And today, when the spirit is tugging at you, when he is moving at you, not because the pastor is doing some kind of emotional tug on your life. He's saying just the right words. That's not, that's not it. It's the moment when you really feel that the God, that the spirit, there's something different in this moment. And all of a sudden he is bringing to your remembrance of the love of God in your life and your need to change That's the Spirit of God that's drawing you into that relationship today. That when you know that you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. I think every one of us has been there. Even when we've been in a relationship with God and we have not been doing what we're supposed to be doing. And then the Spirit begins to convict us and guide us. And all of a sudden we realize in that moment there has to be some change. And that's the reason because God is dealing, thank you. God is dealing with us through His His Spirit. Here's point number two that I would really want to hang We're going to be here for quite some time. One, he draws us into a relationship through Jesus. And the second one is that he brings forth good. I wet my whistle. He brings forth good. Bringing forth good means to give life to where there is death. Think about this just for a moment. Bringing forth good means to give life to where there is death, order to where there is disorder, peace, peace, where there is chaos, and the Holy Spirit's opportunity in this involves in the sanctification process. So bringing forth good in our lives is what we call the sanctification process. It's allowing us to grow every day and our lives are changing. It's bringing life and things that are dead. It's bringing peace to the chaos and order to what is disordered. And we call that sanctification. Um, one, one, Peter chapter one verses one through two says this, and I want you to think about this. Sanctification is the process of setting you and I apart. It's making us holy. It's is bringing forth the good that God has started within us, and uh, and so that's the working of the Holy Spirit. He is changing you every day. Have you ever found yourself once you gave your heart to the Lord, you're at the work job, um, maybe you're hammering, maybe you're working around the house, and all of a sudden something came out of your mouth that you know is not pop that is not supposed to be said, and all of a sudden quickly you are convicted. Like oh, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't act like that. I shouldn't treat that person like that. What that is is the working of the Spirit in your life. He is he is sanctifying you. You're not perhaps where you want to be, but you're a lot further along today, Tammy, than where you started. And that's what's so great about the process of God. It's the, so great about the sanctification process that the Holy Spirit begins within us. And First Peter chapter one verses one through says this. It says Peter, an apostle. To Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles at a disparition, uh, dispar, uh, dispersion, and in Pontus, Glacia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. I want you to Look at verse 2 again. I'm not going back to verse 1 because I butchered the names. But verse 2, I want you to look at this just for a moment. I want you to look at what's happening. It says, according to the foreknowledge. Isn't it amazing that God knew you and I before we ever knew him? Isn't it amazing that God loved you before you ever loved him? I am so thankful for that. But then we find in this moment, it says, in the sanctification of the spirit for, listen, for the obedience of to Jesus Christ in the sprinkling with his blood. And you're like, uh-huh, oh, what does that mean? This is because you have accepted Jesus, you've obeyed him, and because your sin is now forgiven, there's this process that has taken place within your life, and that is the sanctification of the Spirit. In this moment of our lives where we say, God, I ask you to forgive me. In this moment, the Holy Spirit is sent to do good within our lives. And he begins this process called sanctification. It begins the process of being like Christ. It's being separate separating ourselves, being holy. None of us can be holy in our own selves, and God tells us to be holy because he's holy. And the only way to be holy is to go through the process of sanctification and allowing Jesus to work on us every day, going from glory to glory. John chapter 14. I want you to look at this real quickly because we find that the one of the main reasons for the Holy Spirit is to bring forth good. I want you to think about this. It's to bring forth good in within our in our lives. And so, John chapter 14 verse 15 through 16. We talked about this last week just a little bit and it says if you love me. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says if you love me Keep my commandments. (laughs) And I think it is that moment that Jesus knew that for three and a half years, I've been with you, buddy. And it's been a struggle for you to keep the commandments when I've been with you. He's like, I've been right beside you and you struggled. And he said, hey, I want you to know you're not gonna be alone. Look at verse 15 again. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will continue in this process of sanctification becoming like me. And it says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever. Not for a certain time, not for just a generation, but for generations after generations and after generations to come. Forever, the Holy Spirit will be with you. And these things, listen to verse 25 and 26, these things I have spoken to you while I was still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you of all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said. I love it because listen, I understand that when Jesus is talking to disciples, I can only imagine what those disciples were really feeling. And I think that Jesus felt it too. He's like, oh, these guys are scared to death that they're going to have to live in this world without me, that they're going to have to try to figure it all out. And he said, but hey, listen, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to pray to my Father, and I'm promising you, boys, that he's going to send the Spirit to come. He's the helper, he's the guide, he's the teacher. He's going to help bring forth good in your life. He's going to bring forth good. And so don't worry. Just trust him. And the great thing about the Holy Spirit is he's going to bring back the remembrance of the things I've said to you. Can you imagine just in that moment when Jesus was telling his disciples he was going to leave that they were going, okay, do you remember what he said? What did he say? What did he say? I know that when my wife and I was going through um, uh, fixing to leave, to go on vacation on Sunday, we had a multiple people come up to us and say, okay, um, so what's the checklist? What do we need to make sure that we're done and, and everything's cleaned up? And how do we, and all they were trying to do, they knew that we were leaving and they want to make sure everything was taken care of. So what's the checklist? And I can imagine in that moment that, that the disciples were thinking the same thing. They're like, okay, Jesus is leaving. Oh my goodness, what did he say? Uh, do you remember when he was talking about this and, and that and, and this? and And God said, Jesus said, listen, I want want you to calm down because I'm going to bring back to remembrance everything that I said. Everything that I said. Now you and I, we did not walk three and a half years with Jesus. Jesus didn't speak to us um, on a personal one-on-one basis. I understand that. But man, I am so thankful today that God has given his word and I want to be like David. I want to be like King David. It says, I want to hide your word in my heart so so I may not sin against you, oh God. And it's in that moment that when I have become a student of God's word and I begin to really study God's word, it's in those moments of my life that God brings back the remembrance of his word that he has spoken to me. those moments that God has had me alone on my lawnmower and I've been mowing and God revealed something to me and years later, God revealed that back to me. Oh God, thank you so much for letting your spirit reveal the things that you have said to me over and over throughout my life. To why? To bring forth good, you see the holy spirit has come to help you and i he's to come to guide us look at john chapter 16 verse 7 through 15. jesus knew that they needed help listen to this he said neither i tell you jesus is talking to his disciples again we find that it's two chapters later we don't know if this is a day or two days or a week or maybe a, 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 a couple months later but all we know that two chapters later in john jesus is talking to his disciples again he says hey guys listen nevertheless i tell you the truth it is at your advantage that I go away. I'm sure that they're worried. I'm sure they're taking notes. I'm sure that they're, they're trying to figure out everything that they're supposed to do to live this life as a Christian for Christ. And he says, I tell you the truth is that to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send them, send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness judgment. There we go. We found this first point, right? That God draws men through his holy spirit we see it right there that's his job he is to convict the world of sin concerning sin verse 9 because they do not believe in me verse 10 says concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judge i still have many things to tell you jesus says but you cannot bear them now when the spirit of truth comes He will guide you into all the truth. He will speak not, he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to, to come. He will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. There is so much happening in these verses. So much. But just let me unfold this a little bit. Jesus, his love for his disciples are talking to him and saying, I want to calm you down. There's a lot that I want to tell you, but I can't tell you right now. So over the, over your relationship with me, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you the things that you need to know in the time that you need to know it. I I love the fact that, listen, I say this many times, and, and, and perhaps you've heard me say it already, but I don't understand why you and I do not allow ourselves to communicate communicate with the Holy Spirit more often for the future of our our life. We want to talk to our spouse and we want to talk to others about our plans for the future. But the fact that the Holy Spirit already knows everything and we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to, to question him and ask him. We don't have a conversation with him. Hey, listen, I want you to reveal to me. When you're talking about aspects of your life and job situation and marriages for those who are getting married and relationships, why not ask the Holy Spirit what he thinks? Why not get his uh, viewpoint on things he understands? I I love the fact this morning of the role of the Holy Spirit in our life is to bring forth. Good. All we see in these verses in John is the fact that he is teaching us, he's guiding us, he's directing us, he is convicting us to bring us into a deeper relationship with him. He's trying to bring forth good within your life and our life. That is one of his responsibilities, main reasons for coming. I want you to look with me to Romans chapter 8. A lot of verses today. Romans chapter 8. I would love to challenge you on your own time to read chapter 6, 7, and 8 and just get Paul's heart Man, these three chapters have always been um, empowering to me. They are challenging to me. When Paul begins to state, listen, I want to do good, but man, man, just because I want to do good doesn't mean I do good. (laughs) And he talks about his struggle. And I'm like, wow, how real is that for you and I today? That every one of us in this room, we're struggling to do good. But there's those moments that we don't. And Paul begins to talk about it. And in verse 8, Chapter 8 in Romans is a powerful, powerful chapter, and I want to take up in verse 5 this morning. And Looking at verse 5 in Romans chapter 8, Paul is declaring some powerful things about the Holy Spirit, how he's bringing forth good within our life. That is his role, is to develop us, is to develop good, is to change us, is to sanctify us, is to be, help us to become more like Christ. And we find that in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 14, it says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Or perhaps could we say, for those who want to live like you've always lived, before Christ, you set your things upon those things. He said, hey, you've never changed. You see, those who live according to the flesh, set their minds upon the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. You're mindful of it. Every day of real your life, you're like, all right, my life is being controlled by the Holy Spirit. All of my steps are ordered by him. I realize today that the Holy Spirit's job is to help bring forth good. And so I yield, I yield to his spirit, his guiding, his directing. Verse 6 says, for he set the mind on the, f- for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Remember? His spirit is to bring forth good. He's to bring forth life to what is dead. Bring forth order to disorder and peace to chaos. Verse 7. For the mind that is set upon the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Our flesh cannot submit to his law. Those who are in flesh cannot please God. However... You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, if anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him, belong to God, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit, who dwells in you and so then brothers we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh but but if you live according to the flesh you will die but if you live but if but but if by the spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body you will live for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God do you see the process there did you see right here in Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 5, you see that God is bringing forth good, and the good is being forth or developed by the Holy Spirit within our lives? The Bible says this very clearly that if we were to live in our flesh, we will die in our flesh. We'll be outside of a relationship with God if we allow our lives to be controlled by our own thoughts and feelings, yeah. by our own flesh. But the Bible says so much about if we will allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit of God, to allow Him to guide us and direct us, to allow Him to teach us, to allow Him to develop good that He's already started in you, to allow Him to develop good, we will have life and life forevermore. Today one of the main reasons for the Holy Spirit, and I want you to hear me this morning, is to bring forth good. It is to develop you. It is to sanctify you. Listen, when I first started this walk, I didn't have a clue what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't know how not to act or how to act. And some of you are like, you still don't know how to act or not to act. But I didn't. The Bible says I was a new creature. Old things have passed away. Everything I was familiar with, everything I knew about life and how to handle life and how to handle situations, how I would cope with things, all those things were passed away. Everything was new. I didn't have a clue. And I'm looking around today, and there are a lot of babes in Christ. There are a lot of people that just started off from zero. And you started with us in August. And you have allowed God to transform you. And you have been growing from glory to glory. And it's because the Spirit of God is developing you good. And you have allowed yourself to, and you've yielded yourself to the Holy Spirit Because the truth is, if you don't want to change, you don't have to change. You don't have to, you don't have to yield to the Spirit of God when He's trying to correct you and guide you and direct you. You don't have to yield to that. You don't have to do what He says. You can do whatever you want to do. You're a free moral agent. You don't want to get up on Sundays and go to church? Don't come on. Don't come. You don't have to. You don't want to read your Bible? You don't have to read your Bible. You don't. But when we yield our lives to the Holy Spirit, he begins to develop good in us. He changes the things in our life that doesn't need to be or that doesn't align up to God's word. And that's what I'm so thankful for today. Here's the the third thing this morning. Casey has done something new on the back. He has not only gave me what time it is, he also shows me how long I've been preaching. <laughs> like, I don't know, like that. every time I look up and I see 3909, it's like, you're going way too long. You're going way too long. We're going to do away with that soon. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I don't look at it very often at all. And you're like, I know, I know, I know. Here's the third thing today that I want to leave with you. And... Uh, um, because I think that when we walk into this room, there's so many things, especially on the subject of the Holy Spirit, uh, that some of you were like, perhaps when I told you our subject, some of you were a little eerie about it. What is, what is this Pentecostal preacher, what is he going to say? Um, what's the service going to look like? Um, and then uh, hopefully as we begin to talk, you settle down to us a little bit and understand that, hey, listen, um, my thoughts about Pentecostal being weird is not the case in, in its entirety for everybody, all right? I've been around some weird Pentecostal people. I'm just letting you know. They're out there. If you want to find them, I can show you, all right? I'm <laughs> just letting you know. But not all of us are weird. Um, and, uh, but here's the third thing, and that is that he empowers us. The Holy Spirit has been sent to draw you he has spent he's been sent to develop good within you to sanctify you and I promise you he has been sent to empower you. I told you a minute ago that I could only imagine how those disciples felt that day when when Jesus was telling them that day he was leaving. he was like overwhelmed by all of what they were supposed to do and how they were because they were still not getting this whole relationship this grace thing they they still was trying to mix the old covenant with the new covenant they just hadn't gotten a hold of it yet still a lot of teaching to be done and a lot of the holy spirit revealing to them but in this moment in acts chapter one i want to share this with you because again remember i grew up pentecostal charismatic Um, some of you would ask well pastor do you speak in tongues yes i have a personal relationship with jesus christ um, in a sense that I have um, experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and yes, I speak in tongues. Uh, I will promise you today that when uh, Pastor Tony uh, was in the hospital and he was fighting for his life, I don't think that he cared. He's a Baptist minister. I don't think he cared if I prayed in tongues or not. I don't think he cared. I think that what he cared about is that God heard my prayers. Would you agree with me? And today... as as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I've experienced the fullness of God um, and experienced him in ways maybe you have not. It doesn't make me crazy. It doesn't make me weird. It doesn't. Um, The fact is, it it just gives me the opportunity today to say that I've experienced the depth of, of his spirit that maybe you haven't. That's okay. It doesn't make me better than you. It doesn't make you less than me either. So understand that. Because when I grew up, I really felt like that's how it felt. I felt like if I didn't speak in tongues, I was a less person than anybody else. But that's not the case. It doesn't. It just means I've experienced something that you haven't experienced. And so from day one, I've, I've stood up here and I've said, I have challenged you and I will continue to challenge you to experience all that God has for you. All that God has for you. Did you know, let me, for my Baptist friends today, did you know that about 55, the last statistic that I read, that 55% of Baptist ministers speak in tongues. They just don't preach about it. That's their personal experience. I have Baptist friends that have. It's an experience. Acts chapter one, verse eight says this, but you have received power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When I grew up, can I apologize to some of you? When I grew up, it was taught as though that you did not receive any power unless you spoke in tongues. That is not the case. The Bible is very clear. Right here in this moment, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, You receive power. And the power is to do something that's pretty amazing. And that is to be a witness. I could only imagine, just like a few moments ago when Jesus was talking to disciples about having to leave, that this was an overwhelming moment. Jesus is saying, boys, I want you to go into all the world and I want you to preach the gospel and I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to Judea and I want you to Samaria and I want you to go to the other most part of the earth. And I can only imagine in the hearts of the disciples, they were like, Jesus is going to come back. What if he comes back tomorrow? We really got to get on this project. We got to go. We got to go to everywhere he said Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the utmost. And they were overwhelmed with such a mission. They were like, we can't do this on our own. There's no way we could do it. So Jesus wanted to settle them down and said, listen, I'm going to give you power. The helper, the promise that I've already talked to you about, he's going to empower you. As well he's gonna empower you to be a witness he's gonna empower you wherever you go he's gonna empower you to be a witness today praise and worship team would you come today I I look at like the life of Paul and the disciples in this moment and I want to take you to Acts chapter 3 or Acts chapter 2 I'm not done yet and I just want to I want to share this with you because I, I think it's powerful Those in this room may argue with me, argue with me, and that's okay. I'll debate. I won't argue with you, but I like to debate. Paul, we find in Acts here, Peter, I'm sorry, Peter had already experienced the Holy Spirit. We find that as Jesus was about to leave, that the Bible says that he breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Spirit. Before the upper room experience, before... Um, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, before a Holy Spirit, either way, right? Um, before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the disciples, 11 of them, had received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed them, breathed upon them, and said, "Receive ye the Holy Spirit." And in that moment, they received power, unbelievable power. powers to be witnesses. Power to be bold. And we look at, and that was before the upper room experience. That's before Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It's before that experience. Before they spoke in other tongues. Before the Spirit fell and there was a dove and there was fire. Before all of that. Listen to me. There was power in the life of those disciples. And I gotta tell you, it was so beautiful. Beautiful that Peter got up and he began to preach and he began to preach Jesus that's what he preached he didn't preach about his experience he didn't preach about speaking in tongues he didn't preach about anything else all he preached was Jesus he preached Jesus crucified buried and resurrected the Bible said lives were being changed People were being convicted the holy spirit was drawing them into a relationship in which he would bring forth good and he would empower them in Acts chapter 2 verses 37 it says this that peter powerfully with such empowerment by the holy spirit to get up and preach with such anointing in his voice and on his life he says now when they heard this Jesus, crucified, buried, and resurrected, they were cut to the heart. And Jesus, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness, he's powerful, bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. For those who receive his word were baptized. And they were added that day about three thousand souls. I don't know about you, but when I read this, there is something that stands up on the back of my back and my neck, thinking how amazing Peter just gets up there and and simply preaches the gospel of Jesus to the point that the Spirit draws them. They're sensitive to the Spirit of God, and they're like, "What do we do?" There's something tugging at my heart. Something that's revealing to me the love of God for me. And I am not where I need to be. So what do we do? And he says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Every one of you. All 3,000 of you. You need to repent and be baptized. In that moment, they added to the church because they were, the Spirit of God drawled them convicted them. They yielded their lives to the Spirit of God, and then the Spirit of God came into the lives to what? Bring forth good, to sanctify them, to set them apart, to be different. Not weird, but different. Hey, listen, my wife and I were in Mexico at a, uh, an inclusive adult resort. Does that sound bad? <laughs> that sounded bad. Is, when I heard of like adult resort it was, it was adults only that sounded really bad they made money off of us we didn't drink not one time you wasn't there my mama wasn't there my daddy wasn't there nobody, we found one person that we might have known they were from Choctaw and Hera area. didn't know them. but we didn't drink And everybody looked at us like, the waiter thought we were crazy when I said, I want a pina colada, make that with no alcohol. And they were like, no alcohol. No alcohol. Because everybody else was like, double it up, buddy. This is free. (laughs) No alcohol. No alcohol. And we looked a little different than everybody else that was there. I say that because, listen, the Holy Spirit has, He has dealt with me in a lot of areas of my life. And if I yielded to that, It brought forth change. When I didn't yield to the Holy Spirit, it didn't bring change. I continued my old lifestyle in that area. And so I challenge you today, I challenge you today to be like these brothers and sisters who heard the Word of God and said, what do we do now? There's something tugging at me. There's something that's telling me I'm not right where I need to be with God. And I say, repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus, today, would you Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more messages or find a service time, you can visit us at our website, homechurchtecumseh.com, for more information. And thank you again. And until next time, love God, do good, and be a friend. Be blessed.